Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Welcome, everybody. It's Conflicts, and you guessed it. This is Rich. You know who I got with me today? Who I got with me today? Who's that over there? It's me. It's Nick. It's Nick. It's Rich and Nick today. We we kicked Laura out. We we just like she tried to come in the door, and we literally just booted her right on. No, she's she's busy. Actually, it's her turn to have some life stuff. Uh, so once we're we're back to a duo, but now it's just the guys. <laughs> It's like a radio station. It's like it's the Nick and Rich show, or exactly. the Rich and Nick. There's a there's a lot of ways to age go with that. before beauty. Age before beauty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I am I am the old one here. I'm the old fogey. So, but we're back, and you know we've got a fun uh, fun movie today. This is actually something uh, personally I've been looking forward to ever since I heard about the idea of it. Uh, it's also exciting because this is the first like post-COVID release. I actually went and saw this in the theaters. Did you? I didn't. I was actually going to ask if you have been to the theater since I they did. Opened. Actually, we went and watched this at Alamo Drafthouse. Nice. Um, you know, they reopened with some new new rules and restrictions, uh, but my wife and I went and watched this movie. It was our first trip back to the theater since uh, COVID hit. Uh, our experience was really, it, it went really well. It was a little weird mm-hmm. with the, the new, uh, you know, the seating arrangements and the way that they're doing uh, their food and stuff there. So it was a little awkward from that standpoint, but it really w- went great. So I'm that, still too nervous to go. Uh, it went, it really went well for us. Like I said, the, the inability to like order stuff once you get there is kind of awkward. Uh, but we just kind of toned down what we normally did anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you have to order it all in advance, but it, it went great. They kind of just popped out, give you your stuff. They're gone. Uh, you know, the theaters are less than half full, which those, I mean, there's a lot of spacing in those theaters anyway. Yeah. Um, but it went great and we had a fantastic time. Where, uh, where did you go? Did you, I, did you I actually bought it on prime because really? they did the same time they released mm-hmm. it in theaters. You could buy it on demand or on, well, I guess prime's on demand, but, uh, yeah, I was going to watch it cause my brother bought it and I was just going to sign into his account, but something went wrong and it was on sale for like 15 bucks or something like that. So I was like, eh, whatever, I'll buy it. Yeah, everybody's trying to figure out how to, you know, still re- make releases and actually make money, which I was reading an article just today about this movie that they have indeed uh, made back their, their money. So they're, Oh, on they're, Bill and Ted? Yeah, they're going to be profitable. Hey, by the way, we're reviewing Bill and Ted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, since Nick let it slip, yeah, indeed, we're going to uh, talk about Bill and Ted 3, Face the Music. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, I got a question for you, Nick. Uh, how old were you when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out? Uh, let's see here. That'd have been 1989. I was two. Okay. So you don't really like, you don't remember that movie. You don't have a, a connection it, with that. Well, I mean, I watched it. So like, you know, obviously back in like the late eighties and all throughout right. the early nineties, a movie rental was like, I mean, they, I feel like they didn't have as many releases. So that movie was so popular for so many years, but you got to remember, they also had the cart Saturday morning cartoon. Did. Mm-hmm. So that kept the momentum of this series yep. going so the bill uh, and ted craze was around for quite a while yeah yeah so i mean the first one we i think we either had a recorded copy or actually owned it either way we we i watched it a lot the first one 
you know, it, it's one of those funny things for me because now I look back and uh, go say, go to 1989 when this this first movie, Excellent Adventure, was released. And if you'd have said to anybody then, hey, that guy that plays Ted is going to have a, an amazingly successful movie career to the point where he can just do whatever he wants and even helps get other movies made. And on top of that, he's going to generally be considered one of the nicest people in all of Hollywood. And he's even going to just give most of his money away to not only the cast and crew that needs it, but to some amazing charities. Like this is going to be just a, a very revered person. We'd all laughed at you. Yeah. We, we saw that, that goofy dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you even say his name? Right. Uh, you know, this was one of those where people are, how, how do you pronounce that? Uh, yeah. And now, you know, everybody knows how to say Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves was, uh, to me, in my childhood, obviously, Ted, Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> and then he was also, I can't remember the character's name, but you remember the Babes in Toyland that he was in with yes. Drew Barrymore? Yes. So I have that on VHS. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so that was him. <laughs> See, I have the advantage. I, I was in high school when this came out. So this mm. was, I mean, this became part of the vernacular very quickly. There were several years where we all talked like Bill and Ted through through high school. Whoa. Yeah, like, <laughs> whoa, man. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just constant. So this very much became this cultural phenomenon back in the day. And I don't remember a lot of people not liking Bill and Ted. Yeah. It was just one of those where everybody, everybody loved it. I know we're not reviewing this one, but how'd you feel about Bogus Journey? You know, I, I enjoyed them both. I really did. It was amazing um, how they recaptured that kind of feel without it going stale, which is something I was going to say about three, because I'm actually glad they didn't do three back then. Oh, I, yeah. I think they kind of, you know, got to the end of it. And instead of beating it to death, they they quit. But this is a great example where, you know, sometimes you just keep going with it. Maybe the, the right idea will come around at the right time. And this one did. This, this needed that 30-year gap in it order did. for this movie to be made. Because honestly, the sequel, Bogus Journey, was one of my favorite movies. I liked it more than the original. And my brother and I went and watched that in theaters in 91. Like I mean, I in some ways, it was a little bit better of a movie. Uh, it did suffer for me a little bit from it didn't explore a whole lot of new territory. Uh, you know, it was just kind of continuing on with the same story. It wasn't this neat new idea. Mm -hmm. But it really was a, a great movie all the way around. You know, and I still, like Bill and Ted are still... Uh, you know, kind of revered figures for me even before this came out. So, yeah, I was super excited when they announced the movie. So, uh, you know what? Why don't you go and go first since you are the the youngest uh, <laughs> and don't have the same connection uh, uh, okay. to this movie? Uh, so I gave it a B plus. Okay. Uh, it was a 30 year gap since I guess the sequel. Um, more, more. 30, was it? I don't know. Uh, well, it, Excellent almost... Adventure came out in 89, so this was just, just barely over 30 years. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I thought it was a very fun movie. I did not feel like I wasted my money. I wish that I could have seen it in theaters. This, that, this is a problem that I have with COVID. Like, yes, they are having these direct-to-demand videos, and while you could also go watch it in theater at the same time, it just still doesn't have that same experience. I would have probably given it a higher grade if I was if I wasn't too chicken to go to the movies right now. Only because they did capture exactly what the magic that they had back in the late 80s and early 90s. Same dudes. They they jumped back into character spot on. So he's like and you know so much of the other cast was there the the dad yeah. the the stepmom aunt thing. I laughed that was... so hard at that. That was so funny at the wedding. Uh, 
And, you know, my, my brother said this because he watched it before I did. And he said that this was the movie 2020 needed. It, absolutely. Absolutely. This, this, is, this is very much that shot in the arm, so to speak. Yeah. That we all needed to, to add some levity and some delightfulness. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I've been completely immune to the, the major bummer yeah. that 2020 uh, has been. And I actually had to go, I didn't say I have to, but I went and saw some family recently that, and a number of them, well, let's just say we all don't get along super well. Um, and that's kind of what my wife's been hitting me with is they, are you being excellent? <laughs> are you being excellent? I'm like, no, I better be excellent. <laughs> I thought the new characters that they brought in, Rufus's daughter, mm-hmm. that was amazing. That's the, uh, that lady, she voices Louise Belcher and uh, Kristen uh, Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob's burgers. And even though like, I know what she looks like. Her voice is just so magical. I love that lady's voice. I could just listen to her for hours. And she nailed that the, her scenes. I mean, and I love the little nod to uh, George Carlin. Well, yeah, so much of the plot actually revolved around Rufus. And, yeah. you know, George Carlin, in my opinion, was one of the greats. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that caliber of comedian, I don't know that we'll ever see again. Uh, but he, he, he reached... I don't a, think you could yeah, anymore today. I, he reached a plateau that few, other, uh, few others have. Uh, so, you know, definitely miss him completely. But I thought they did a wonderful job of not only revering him, uh, but m- melding him into the story in a in a very nice, collected, and respectful fashion mm-hmm. uh, without overwhelming you with it. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> you said this once about a character being important in a television show when we, when we reviewed Stranger Things Season 3. Mm-hmm. When, they brought, when they showed the phone booth, I got the warm and tinglys. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh man, there it is. Like, that's awesome. It was a wonderful little nod there. But, it, you know, they did a, they did do a fantastic job. I think with all of the casting, I, I got to give a lot of props to the uh, the daughters. Oh, the, yeah. The actresses there. Uh, you know, uh, Sam- I'm going to say it's Samara Weaving, but I don't know that. Who, by the way, is the niece of Hugo Weaving. I don't know who that is. You don't know Hugo Weaving? No. Nah. He played Eldrond in... Um, the Lord of the Rings movies. He was Agent Smith in oh, the Matrix. The the brunette. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. The, wow. Yeah, I that, did not. Yeah, Samara mm-hmm. Weaving. That's that's his niece. Uh, she played Theodora Theodora Thea Preston. I loved how they named the daughters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the the other uh, young lady, that Bridget Lundy Payne, I believe mm-hmm. is how you say her name, was Wilhelmina Billy Logan. Uh, I thought they did an amazing job of portraying the children of Bill and Ted. Uh, yeah. With giving it enough of their own spin, but you can definitely see like they were heavily influenced by their their parents. Did you find yourself when they were going throughout history and like example the first one that they stopped in London and it was Jimi Hendrix when you heard the guitar but you couldn't see who they were? Were you like Jimi Hendrix? You know, for the most part, I was, um, especially since you know Jimi Hendrix is uh, pretty amazing mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I I love guitar. I can't. It's I I play instruments. I can't play guitar, mm-hmm. uh, but I love guitar. So that is uh, that is a great connection there. Uh, I actually go back to Bogus Journey for that one because my favorite guitar player of all time did much of the music for, uh, or helped with much of the music for Bogus Journey. Yeah? That's Steve Vai. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually did several of the, uh, the intros and outros and a lot of the playing for that, that film. So here's something that I noticed. <clears throat> Sorry. And I didn't know, I didn't pay attention to it through the whole scenes when he was holding his guitar. But the guy who played Jimi Hendrix, did you notice that he was actually playing it left-handed and flipped? Yes. 
I noticed that and I like hit Bailey and I'm like, look, they even got the detail down mm -hmm. that he's playing lefty. Yeah. Now I did recognize Sachimo, uh, you know, as they're in the hallway and I first heard the trumpet because trumpet is my instrument that, uh, you know, that that's what I played. That was uh, my primary uh, source of my musical nature. So, you know, somebody like that, uh, like I instantly noticed it. And I thought the, the actor there also did an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. I loved, uh, I don't know his name. I guess I should have looked this up. But he was also in episodes of Gotham. He played the robot. Oh, I don't know if I realized that. Number one, super creepy for a PG-13. I was like, ooh, what? And that, he was so funny. He tied in all the comedic moments to me. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan. I'm sorry. Anthony Kerrigan played Dennis. Yes. Yeah, is that who you're talking about? Yes. I guess I didn't realize he was in Gotham. Yeah. Who did he play in Gotham? He was in season one. Oh, he played Victor Zaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He might be in season two. I don't know. I haven't started season two. Um, I yeah, I, I we actually finally finished Gotham. Um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> no, no, there's a, it was a long show and it was a great show. Uh, but we're we're reviewing Bill and Ted Three Face the Music today, uh, which occurs to me I've never actually given my rating. Did yes, I? go ahead. It, what you did know, you think? I was trying to tie that in, but I couldn't find a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm giving this one a solid A. Nice. Yeah, we don't have. A you lot. got the movie theater experience, though. I did, and uh, you know, and I and I was super happy for that because I am a movie theater guy, and you know, we've even got a pretty nice setup at home. You know, we can really get a pretty you good do. experience there. But when you know going to the theaters, it has something special for me, and I don't know if that's a generational thing, um, but for me, well, I I do enjoy. I don't know. I love the movies. There truly is the magic at the movies, man. Like, yeah, I I like going to the theaters. I do like Draft House. I'm glad we're able to to, to go back some, um, and and kind of get that that whole part of our lives back to a certain degree. I think it's going to be a little while till we get it fully back. Right. Um, but it's nice to be able to sit down and see see a movie. Yeah. And this was it. So we we did get that experience, and it even helped some. Like this was our first movie back, so I got to have that excitement again. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I miss that. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I will tell one uh, fun little anecdote, and this is what I miss. So, you know, my, my son, of course he's, he's 18 now. I don't have any, oh. I don't have any, uh, children who aren't adults anymore. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, when, uh, they started coming out with, uh, new star Wars movies, we were, you know, we're super excited about it. Cause he was, he was definitely a, uh, a star Wars fan. So, you know, they, they, they said, Hey, we're going to come out with, um, uh, last Jedi mm -hmm. and, or no, sorry. What was that? The first one I've forgotten them so much. Now I don't care anymore. No. Um, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So they decided to come out with uh, Force Awakens. And, you know, my son at the time, uh, he was still in, in uh, junior high. And he's, you know, just waiting for that. Go to the, And this was back when, uh, before the craze where, you know, you could buy your seat. And then you just bought a ticket. And you had to just go wait in line. And he kept, like, trying to prod and ask, but then he didn't. And I kept blowing it off. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to go see it. You know, I'm sure we will. It'll be fine. You know, you know, and, and uh, he thought we weren't going to go see it. Like, I had completely convinced him that, yeah, well, I'm like, I, oh, you know, we'll wait a couple weeks for the lines to die down. Um, so then they released on, I want to say it was a Thursday. It might've been like a Wednesday. So I had it arranged with his school where I went and picked him up. Mm -hmm. Just went and I, you know, the office, they called him up. He's wondering what's up. We get there and I'm like, Hey bud, um, something's up. You need to come with me. <laughs> Is grandma okay? <laughs> and yeah, he, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, hey. so we get in the car and we drive over and we come pulling in the movie theater and he stops 
and he looks at me and he's like, uh, dad, what are we doing here? And I'm like, well, I thought we'd go see the new star Wars movies. And he's like, dad, you, these tickets have been sold out for a while. And I'm like, I'm, Oh no, no. I managed to, I managed to snag some. And you know, I, they were down like in the console and I didn't pull them up and they were for the first showing, uh, for the day, which was, we were about an hour before then. And he looked at me, he's like, dad, we should have been here hours and hours ago or we're not going to have a good place in line. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, kid, I guess we'll just have to, to figure it out when we get in there. And what he didn't know is that, uh, several other of my friends, we'd all got tickets together and we'd been rotating our way, saving places in line since they let us like at 6 AM that morning. Mm. Uh, so we were, there was one group in front of us and we were the second group back. So we go walking in and they were in there playing card games on the floor as we come walking in. So he very quickly goes from thinking all those friends are going to see the star Wars movie before him to, he saw it before they were even out of school that day. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of experience that we don't get anymore. Dad flex. That yeah. was a dad flex. <laughs> no, and my, and my wife and I cooked that scheme up, but he was so, so excited and so happy. Uh, you know, it was just one of those moments that you're never going to get again. Mm -mm. And as much as I love to being able to buy your seat, like I do miss that. I do miss that excitement level that you could build. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the entire process. I and, did that with... Uh... Dark Knight Rises at the IMAX. Mm -hmm. I bought them the second they went out on for sale. My brother came up from Little Rock. I dropped him off at the IMAX here in town at 10 a.m. And he sat there all day while I went and worked my shift. Came back. The movie started at midnight because that was the last like midnight release mm -hmm. that you could do. Watched it. Got the best seats that you could get at the IMAX. And then left the theater at 3.30 in the morning. So he sat there from 10 a.m. until 3.30 the next day. So Dark Knight Rises, uh, that is one of my favorites. Uh, not only favorite movie, but we were, I mean, we wanted to go see that. And I want to remember, we had already gotten our tickets, but it was, I want to say, like, Sunday afternoon. And that was another one where they started releasing things on, say, like, Thursday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was not too long after my wife had started working here in town. Mm -hmm. Um so she literally came home one day and I got home from work and she'd gotten home early and I didn't, I didn't know it. And she came in there and she is like, you need to hurry up and get cleaned up and ready to go. Uh, you're going to a movie tonight. And I'm like, we're going to a movie tonight. She's like, no, you're going to a movie tonight. I'm like what, what, okay. What's, you know, she's like hurrying me and rushing me. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know what is, what is happening. And finally she, you know, rushes me out the door and she hands me the ticket. Uh, for the uh, advanced screening of Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, the, the radio station had given them away. Oh. So I actually sat with a bunch of people from the radio station. Uh, she was going from one facility to the next, and it just happened to come up on the radio. They're like, hey, we've had like five tickets to give away, and we're at such and such location. And she was literally sitting at the light where she could see that location when they set it. So she just like pulled over, ran in, and she got the last ticket. Oh, that's awesome. So she came home and uh, and brought it to me, and I got to go, um, I got to go watch that with the, the media crew. And then we went and watched it again on Sunday. So yeah, it was, it was fantastic. That's awesome. So that's a good wife. Uh, yeah. You know, here's the thing. Like, that's why you'll never hear me give her much crap because I know uh, how fortunate I am. <laughs> right. No, I mean, like, I, I may not have hit the lottery a lot, but I, I, I did one thing. I, I rolled the nat 20. Uh, when it came to picking spouses, <laughs> so it, like that's the most important time to to use it, and right there it was. So I have I have zero complaints. She's she's pretty awesome, and I I probably don't say that enough. Dang, dude, that's awesome. 
How sweet. My wife's awesome, too. I no. feel like she would have done that, too, but we don't listen to the radio. That's sort of like an archaic thing now. It's like, oh, Spotify. <laughs> you know, well, that is also uh, one of those things that has changed. And, you know, we've always had this weird dynamic with us because, you know, I, I'm the geeky, nerdy guy, and she's absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But she is so facilitating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she absolutely loves that. Uh, how excited I get about these things. It's yeah. very exciting for her. Um, you know, to, to just see it like then Bill and Ted, this was a great one for her because she missed the whole Bill and Ted craze. Oh, she did. Oh, yeah, well, and she, you know, she grew up where they weren't allowed to, to go watch movies and Ooh, even man. TV and yeah. So she missed a lot of stuff, uh, almost up until the point where we got married. So she had missed this entirely and only really knew of it. in as the afterthought, so, uh, it was kind of interesting for her to go mm -hmm. to see the movie and, and see how it held up. And she really enjoyed it too. So she has seen the first two, though, right? Um, very recently. Uh, like, right before you guys have been watching <laughs> Very <the third> recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a very different experience for her. But, you know, the scenes where um, Bill and Ted are talking to Bill and Ted, some of those scenes I thought were the best things ever. Mm -hmm. the, the nursing home where they're with old Bill and Ted. Yeah. And that was so, so fantastic. Yeah. Just, they, just great. Yeah. That whole movie... So so well written. Was the uh, guy who wrote this one, did he write the first two? Uh, it was written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. And I don't know if that's the same people. Let me... I know. This is usually where Laura comes in. She's like, yeah, yes. she. she... <laughs> we miss Laura because she, they're, they're like the research level on that girl. Chris, like she knows a lot of this. That's more her world anyway. Mm-hmm. So it comes more naturally to her. I'm think. more of like, yeah, that was a great movie. Go watch it. If you, um, don't, you suck. <laughs> yeah, Chris Matheson and Ed Sullivan were bo uh, definitely bogus journey. And oh, okay. let's check Excellent Adventure here and see if we have an excellent trio. And my goodness, we sure do. Nice. Yeah, no, it's the exact same writing team there. Which, no wonder they didn't lose the magic. Which is pretty awesome. And, you know, I, I know in uh, some interviews with, uh, Keanu, he's he's talked about how they've been looking at things for quite some time and could never get a script that they liked, mm -hmm. and this was finally the one that that did it. Yeah. So uh, you know, and, and kudos for them for for waiting the right moment as opposed to just throwing some crap out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because we're you know, 2020 had the movie lineup of a lifetime, and now so many movies are pushed back until next year. Mm -hmm. I can tell you this though. I know that we keep, I keep going off course, <laughs> but when Ghostbusters three oh, comes out, man, that trailer looks so good. I will freaking, if somebody's like, you can't wear a mask in the theater, I'd be like, done. I'll get COVID for it. I love Ghostbusters. The, the, um, <laughs> the last attempt they, they did, uh, was, I, I thought was just absolutely wretched. And I feel bad for that because I wanted that movie to be so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it, that was a hilarious, like a group of women who are all hysterical. No, that's a great cast. I mean, it was an amazing cast Poor script. It just, everything else about it was awful. And, and I didn't even think them, uh, it didn't give them a chance to to be the funny. flex their comedic muscles. Well, it sucked. And you know that's the problem is I think they tried to just let it be comedy, as opposed to letting it be a Ghostbusters movie. That well, yeah, and I don't know. There's just something you can't. It, it'd be like if they did Bill and Ted, and it was just the daughters mm -hmm. and not Bill and Ted. Yep, it's you, not the same. You need to have a better tie-in. 
Um, and you need to have a different dynamic. That was part of the problem is I don't think they let their characters shine through, mm -hmm. which, you know, in the previous Ghostbusters, that's part of it. Like you immediately had this, this feeling for who those guys were. And unfortunately in the, in the remake, I don't know that, and I'm not certain what part of the process failed there, but I never felt like I understood or empathized with those characters in, in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a remake of the first one and it shouldn't have been they should have been relatives of the originals they could have done something very different so hopefully this one redeems it um because you know i'm also not a big fan of the uh the just what i call it the gender swap um, i'm perfectly fine with there being a you know movie with an all-female cast and i'll mm -hmm. watch the hell out of some of them but don't just take something else and then change the cast to females or vice versa by the way don't take something that's traditionally female cast and just make it into male mm -hmm. cast and then think that that's going to be enough to sell it you need to have more than just a gimmick like that yeah to make a good movie and by all means feel free to come up with your own storylines <laughs> oh 100 percent. you know absolutely there i was reading one the other day because they're talking about a xena reboot i never watch a show bailey loves that show uh, Xena was very classic, you know, that and Hercules back in the day, that was, uh, it, you know, where Geek World was. Because we didn't have a lot of stuff. Keep in mind, back in, back then... We had Buffy. Yeah, we had Buffy. I love Buffy. There were a few things, but that was kind of the beginning of things going mainstream. So hmm. we had a lot less of it. You know, now it's everywhere. Sci-fi and, you know, uh, comic book movies, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Back then, they kind of weren't. So this was one of the areas in which we could kind of live in that that fantasy genre and Xena was great. Lucy Lawless, she was fantastic then. She's still fantastic in everything she does. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking at a reboot for that. So I hope that goes off mm. really, really well. Interesting. Well, I don't know where to go from this because <laughs> this is where Laura usually comes in and does this for us. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I would love to hear her take on this at some point in time because I thought this was, uh, you know, a wonderful blending because, you know, here they did. They were both daughters. Yeah. Um, which I thought was an interesting uh, take because we all assumed they were sons at the end of Bogus Journey, mm -hmm. but they never explicitly said it. Mm -hmm. They they just you know said the names and we just assumed they were they were boys, and then we found all these later they were girls. And I I I find that a great little twist uh, that is just it kind of a, is a head nod to a shift in culture that probably needed to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that that's fantastic that they did that and did it so well. Yeah, so I, and I do love how it was Bill and Ted who wrote the greatest song, but it was actually their daughters. Mm -hmm. Like it was through them that that's how it became. Yep, it was the next little next generation. They were one generation off. It's like yeah. the Quisat Hatterack. Yeah. So sorry, Dune reference because we get Dune before long too. Oh, dude. Yeah, okay, I can't go on it. <laughs> I can't get off topic again. Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted. <laughs> uh, we we pretty much live off topic, but <laughs> so unfortunately, not a lot of conflict today. We, you know, Bill and Ted. It was just once again excellent. It was <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Party on, man! Oh, wait, that's, that's, that's waiting <laughs> guard. <laughs> oh, look! It's a brunette and a blonde uh, airhead. <laughs> Such an original idea. Who came first, Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted were first. Oh, rip off. Mm -hmm. Damn. So here's a fun story. I, I, I'll get another anecdote. This is a Bill and Ted one. Okay. So in an interview, Keanu Reeves was talking about, uh, you know, when they were, get, they just gotten the part for Bill and Ted and they were going to like one of the first meetings and they said, hey, we want you to show up for the executives and characters. So they sent them to costume and makeup then they go to go to the meeting and they were in they were early like you're too early you can't be here yet so 
you know, uh, him and Alex were like, shoot. They, so they just went across the street to the McDonald's and hung out for a couple hours and then showed back up in time for the meeting. And they kind of come walking in, not knowing what to do. So they just kind of stood in the corner and one of the executive goes over and he's talking to one of the other executives and he's like, Hey guys, you're not going to believe this, but I swear I just ran into the real Bill and Ted across the street <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> the guy's like, Oh, Hey, look, the, the, the actors are here. I was like, oh, oh crap, that's them. <laughs> so they sold the part so well and fit into it so well that they were even fooling that's the, awesome. the people making the movie. So ah, love it. That's great. Bill and Ted. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> <Lame>. <laughs>